touchy subject between art and craft and what is, you know, what is fine art and is, could ceramics mm -hmm. be considered craft? Alright, y'all are tuning in for another episode of Make That Radio Show. I'm your host, Andreas, and I have on Zoom with me Morgan McCarver, based out of South Carolina. You said Asheville, right? I'm in Asheville. Asheville, North Carolina, although you're not wrong. I'm originally from upstate South Carolina. So yeah, there's South Carolina somewhere. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I'm a South I'm a Carolina girl. I've now lived in both both Carolinas. Uh, how, how is it, by the way, like, you know, going from one Carolina to the next as far as like culture <laughs> and everything? Sure. Yeah. Well, the big joke is the roads, you know, like in South Carolina, the mm. tax money doesn't always go to roads. And so that's the big joke. You can always tell when you're in North Carolina mm. because the roads are smoother. Um, oh, but wow. you're right. It is. It can be a big difference, especially um, coming from a relatively small town in upstate South Carolina. And now mm. I'm in Asheville, North Carolina. So, um, mm. yeah, it's it's a different culture, a different vibe. Um, but mm. Asheville really has some strong art supporters and that's why i moved up here and i really like it that's what's up maybe been able to find some very supportive part um because one you know i don't think uh people realize the amount of work that y'all put in as far as being an artist and i'm talking about like all sorts of arts because i deal with the recording artists i deal with uh, painters um ceramics is just the pottery right it is yep it's, it, it, I <laughs> Um, yeah. I, 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 uh, I went, uh, what was it, back when I was in, it was a long time ago, uh, I think elementary school or middle school, I went to, because I'm originally from uh, Tennessee, and okay. there was uh, somewhere, I can't remember exactly, it was outskirts of Nashville or whatever, but I went to like this place where it, uh, it was set up like with log cabins and all that, and it's supposed to show like, you know, the 18 or 1900s, something like that, type oh, yeah. lifestyle. And they had people there making ceramics, and I got to do that. That's um, awesome. Yeah, so that was a, it was a great experience. And then here recently, my son, um, he goes to high school here, and he uh, took a class in uh, ceramics. And he made, like, little cups and bowls and saucers and things that oh, nature. Cool. So I thought that was pretty cool yeah so yeah know, good for him still be able to have that that art craft that people don't realize you know that it's yeah. still there um but yeah i was going through uh, your bio and you have a very interesting story especially getting over uh scoliosis <laughs> yes um, um yeah, so yeah it's just go ahead and dive into that like you know tell sure. us about your journey it yes, it has been a journey, and it's not your stereotypical way of finding ceramics. Um, but basically, you're right. Scoliosis is kind of how I found ceramics, which is just crazy. But um, I was, you know, in middle school. I loved to dance, especially Irish step dancing, um, which is very niche in and of itself. But mm -hmm. I was a competitive dancer as a hobby, you know, and um, that kind of all came to a stop when I was diagnosed with scoliosis. Um, I ended up, I did 
the the doctors gave me a back brace that I wore for a while to try to correct my spine. Um, and for those who aren't familiar, scoliosis is um, the curving of the spine. So I had mm-hmm. an S curve, but it was a triple curve. So there were three different curves they were working on in my back. Um, so it was pretty much my entire um, spine was affected by this. And um, basically, the bracing didn't really hold the spine like they wanted it to. And so mm-hmm. when I had stopped growing, uh, they kind of realized like this is only going to get worse. And so that's when I actually had the corrective surgery. And I have two titanium rods and about 18 screws that are holding my mm-hmm. spine straight. Um, yes. And so that all happened. Um in eighth grade. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I I was pretty young and that was pretty traumatizing, of course. And I mm-hmm. lost my creative outlet because I couldn't dance anymore. And that was a year long recovery um, mm-hmm. before I could even start to try to dance again and everything. Mm-hmm. And during that time, I really needed a creative outlet. And my mm-hmm. mom signed me up for a student pottery class, just stereotypical you know, go to the art center and do Mm -hmm. some kids craft kind of things. And I really fell in love with it. Um, The clay, just it being so malleable and you're able to do whatever you want pretty much with the clay. I mean, of course there's boundaries, but Mm -hmm. it's just so freeing, such a freeing material and it's so hands-on and I just love it. And I just love that connection and that experience. And so I just kept taking classes, um, even when there weren't really classes for my specific age group, like my high school didn't offer it. And so Mm -hmm. I would take classes in the evenings and they were really geared more toward retirees. So I'm like by far the youngest one in there by like 30 years or more. Um, And they're all, you know, doing their wine and pottery on the wheel, having a good Mm -hmm. like relaxing evening. And I'm you know, (laughs) making a mess and enjoying every minute of it. And um, that was just such a special community. That was really my first pottery community. Um, Mm -hmm. And they just took me under their wings so much, just guiding me and um, allowing me to be there, including me and just letting me really explore for the first time what um, ceramics really was. Mm -hmm. And then from there, Um, I loved it so much that I actually went to Anderson University, South Carolina. It's the South Carolina School of the Arts, and I got a degree in ceramics. Um, And so it's really just that moment that I had that scoliosis surgery. um, It felt like the worst thing that could have happened, but it was such a pivotal moment to point me towards um, my passion that I probably, mm-hmm. I don't know if I ever would have discovered it without, um, having to take a step back, take a break from dance and, um, get into another creative outlet like pottery. And from there, as they say, the rest is history. Um, I've taught ceramics. I've worked at ceramic supply stores. I worked for a potter for a while. That's what brought me to Asheville. Um, I apprenticed under her and she was a great mentor to me. And now I have my own studio space. Um, It's kind of a group of us. We all rent out different areas in this huge warehouse building. Um, And it's it's another just amazing community. And so I'm in Asheville um, making pots and it's it's been great. That's what's up. I'm glad you was able to, like, you know, turn that to business. And I know that, you know, getting your education as well, it seemed a little funny to others. 
So how <laughs> was that? You know, I'm saying explaining that because yeah, why you're doing that journey? It's like, okay, you're doing what now? You get a degree on what? And how are you gonna make a living with that? Exactly, exactly. So my parents are very smart. They um said, okay, you can if you want to do that, you can do that, but you must get a business minor. Um. And I, I think that was a great idea on their part. Of course, at the time, I was like, you've got to be kidding me, you know, math and whatnot, <laughs> accounting classes. and. <laughs> but um, I ended up getting the business minor. And then I also have an art history minor just because I love art history and culture and research. But mm. um, it was a lot of <laughs> a lot of people said, what are you going to do with that? Um, mm. Which I think people, you know, say things and they don't realize but we, my classmates and I would joke around and it's like, you could say that about just about any major. When you ask people what they went to college for, it's very rare that they're actually doing that as their career, you know? And so, mm-hmm. um, especially a lot of my um, co-students, if you will, uh, they, their parents forced them into graphic design. They wanted a creative major and their parents said, well, do graphic design. That is where the money is. That's where the jobs are because it's the business version of a creative job, right? Um, mm-hmm. But then the market was flooded with graphic designers because mm-hmm. so many people are training for graphic design. And so it's just that balance of, um, you know, what <laughs> if you flood the market, then there's no job security anyway. Um, and so that that was hard, though, hearing that question over and over. What are you going to do with that? What are you going to do with that? Um And I'm a Christian, so I would just say, you know, like the Lord is going to guide me in that. And Mm -hmm. I originally applied to um, study art ed. I was going to be um, an art teacher. And Mm -hmm. my professor, after getting to know me and kind of um, mentoring me along the way, she she really encouraged me to really focus on my art um, and step back from the teaching side of things. And mm-hmm. I really agreed with that decision. I really liked that she was able to guide me in that way. Um, but it's also hilarious how many other versions of teaching I've ended up with, not in the um, public school system, mm-hmm. but just uh, like I was the president of the ceramics club at the college for two years. And so I was teaching mm-hmm. classes to my fellow classmates there and um, then out of school, I taught some private lessons with the ceramic supply company. I was mm-hmm. kind of the main head of the studio at that time. Um, so I did some private lessons then. And then when COVID hit, there were some, um, some precious middle school girls who really wanted to take art. And so not only was I teaching pottery, I actually did a 16-week class with them where um, we did drawing, painting, sculpture, and ceramics. And so I taught them for a while and then moving up to Asheville, I've done some private lessons as well. Um, And now I'm getting into um, helping with my church and teaching um, the students that are involved in the church as well. And so it's very interesting how everything kind of keeps coming back to teaching with Mm -hmm. me not even being in the the school setting. Um, Mm -hmm. But to answer your question, to circle back around, uh, I don't really regret my decision to major in ceramics. I think it was a great choice. Um, Do I have a full-time job now that is not ceramics? Yes. Yes, I do. Um, Because I really like those benefits. I can tell you that. Um, But I also like... (laughs) (laughs) Can't can't lie to you. Um, But I also like the structure. I learned... um, when I was working for the Potter for the year and a half, I learned I don't really like to be my own boss because I'm a mean boss to myself. I don't let myself take breaks. 
I'm like, you got to keep going. You know, there's still, mm. there's still daylight to burn, keep working. Yeah. Um, and so I really like having that kind of work life balance or work side work balance, if you mm. will, of going to a job, going to my eight to five, having that structure, leaving, and then having those moments in the studio or um, whatever mm. I'm doing in the evenings. And of course, um, Saturdays, I'm usually in the studio as well. Um, but I, I like how everything has turned out. Who knows what will happen in the future? Um, mm. But that's kind of where I am now. Yeah, and I can also imagine that, you know, you don't have to put that pressure on yourself as far as, like, you know, delivering on things in a short amount of time. And also having a pressure of I got to hit like, you know, X amount of uh, projects so I can make X amount of money because you do have the other traditional big jobs. Exactly. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. So I was um, trained more in the fine art sense of the ceramics world. And that can Mm -hmm. kind of be a touchy subject between art and craft and what is, you know, what is fine art and could ceramics Mm -hmm. be considered craft or fine art? Um, And I was trained more in like the fine art side of things like having a concept behind your work um, having a Mm. theme where all of your pieces uh, co-mingle together they all look Mm. fluid they're all similar Um, Mm. and I just my personality I don't really follow the trends so I'm not going Mm. to make that thing that you see on TikTok or Pinterest just because it Mm -hmm. sells, because that's not the fun for me. The fun for me is really creating pieces based Mm -hmm. on um, my my concept, my themes, the things I've researched, and really incorporating those styles into what I'm making. And so I've found outlets for my work where it sells really well, but that Mm -hmm. also means that not everyone loves my work. And Mm -hmm. you're right, if I was doing this as a full-time job constantly, then I would really feel the pressure to make what sells. And that, Mm -hmm. to me, takes the joy out of the art-making process. Um, Mm -hmm. I would rather have the thought and the creativity behind it than to just make what everybody else is making just so I can make money. Yeah, then, you know, once you get to the point where, you know, you're well-renowned and everything, then you can charge, like, you know, absorbers (laughs) amounts for your pieces. And yeah, that way it floats you between creativity spaces. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, so yeah, I, I get it. So you're also uh, your book. Uh, is it coming out soon, or have you already published it? It is in the process of coming out, so it's available for pre-order now, um, mm-hmm. as of this recording. Um, and it is published through Morgan James Publishing out of New York. So um, they're well-known national publishers. Um, even though it's my name, people say, oh, it must be self-published because you're Morgan. I say, no, um, <laughs> not exactly. Um, but that'd be cool to own my own publishing company or something. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But um, it's coming out January 9th is the official release date. Um, but you can pre-order now through um, Barnes & Noble, wherever books are sold. Mm-hmm. Um, you can order online. You can find that on my website and everything. Um, but yeah, it's basically, it's called God the Artist is the title. Mm-hmm. And it is really um, just an inspirational account of biblical references um, to pottery and how they relate to um, the Bible, pretty much mm-hmm. in a simple way. Um Basically, there's a lot of different references to pottery that I think get overlooked sometimes Um, between Mm -hmm. the Old and New Testaments. um, There's so many different references between clay and how that works or pottery in general or Mm -hmm. finished pieces. 
And I'm really approaching those verses specifically from my ceramic background and also from my Christian background and kind of unpacking them and saying, okay, looking at these verses, um, what does this mean knowing what we know about ceramics? And so I really walk through the process of ceramics with the reader. So I say you don't have to be a, a potter or a ceramicist to understand the book, and you don't have to be a Christian either. I kind of walk through both of those things um, chapter by chapter as we go through the book. And oh, um, oh go ahead. I'm sorry. Go, no, no, go ahead. I'm oh. sorry. I didn't want to you. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, basically, I set it up as each chapter kind of delves more deeply into the um, ceramic process. So we start at the very beginning just with clay. What is clay? What are different types of clay? How can you find clay? Um, and relating that to the, the Christian experience. Um, for example, there's verses in the Bible that talk about we as humans are the clay and God is the potter because he has the design for our lives and he knows what's going on. And the, the clay doesn't know what's going on when the potter grabs it and throws it on the wheel. And so mm -hmm. we start at the very basics and we go more in depth, more um, intricate and more about the techniques, different firing processes, um, glazing and as we walk through the book from the ceramic standpoint, there's verses along the way that tie that back to the Christianity side of it as well. So what inspired the book then? Um, kind of everything. So it, it it does talk about my scoliosis experience and how I found um, ceramics through that. But I guess really the inspiration came in about 2019. That's when I graduated from Anderson with my degree and at that time, um, my professors were really good about relating things back to um, back to our faith, back to Christianity. And I thought there has to be some kind of devotional book or something I could read that um, is about this. And there really wasn't anything that I could find that is what I was looking for. And um, I really, at that point, I felt the Holy Spirit calling me to kind of jot down some ideas. But um, I've been a Christian for so many years since I was seven years old and I never read through the Bible all the way. And so that was really convicting me. And I decided at that point to read through the Bible um, from Genesis to Revelation, just start to finish. And that took me about three years. And in the midst of that, I was trying to um, get the first draft published. And so I reached out to a publisher. This was um, pretty much right before the pandemic. It was 2019. Mm -hmm. And, um, they said, well, you know, it needs a lot of work here and there. We need to elaborate on some parts and take some parts out. And you might need a ghostwriter, or at least you'd need to pay an editor to do a whole lot of rewriting. And um, it would be self-published anyway. And I prayed a lot about it. And I had just graduated college, so I didn't have all that money um, to, mm -hmm. <laughs> to throw at a project. Um, and so at that point, I felt like the Holy Spirit was telling me, you don't have enough experience anyway. And looking back at that rough draft, oh my goodness, I really did not have a whole mm -hmm. lot of experience. Um, and so I thought that meant, you know, 20, 30 years, I'll um, do something amazing with my life and be retired and be bored and write a book or something. Um, mm -hmm. And it was like three years. <laughs> that didn't, that was a lot quicker than I thought. Um but in that time, 
after graduation, that's when I worked for the ceramic studio. I taught those classes. I did those private lessons. I moved to Asheville and I worked under a potter and I learned so much from that experience. Um, I love my ceramics degree. I learned so much in college, mm -hmm. but there's something to be said about just real world experience in whatever you're doing. And so mm -hmm. I learned so much in those three years that um, this past January, I really felt the Holy Spirit saying to revisit the book. Um, and because of circumstances, I had some free time and I pretty much rewrote the whole thing at that point and began looking for publishers um, just based on other books that I really enjoyed. And there's a publisher out in Oregon and they said, this is a great idea, but we don't really have the capacity right now. We've got a lot of things on hold. Um, and so they referred me to Morgan James Publishing. And at that point, um, I was working with my contact was Terry Wallen, and he's just he's amazing. Um, but he didn't turn me down immediately. And that's what I really appreciated. He just said, you know, this is pretty short. Um, can you make it at least one third longer? Mm -hmm. And I loved that feedback because that was something that I could do. That was something I could work on. And at that point, I said, sure, yes, I can work on that. Um, in about a week and a half, I doubled the word count and sent it back to him for review. And he forwarded it on um, to the review committee. And um, they read my application and read over everything and decided to give me a shot. That was in April. I got the acceptance letter. And it's just mm -hmm. been such an amazing experience ever since. Um, they've just been great to work with. And it's it's just been a roller coaster. Um, mm -hmm. And it's really challenged me. I'm just growing um, as I'm promoting the book as well. I thought the hardest part was over writing the manuscript. But, um, yeah, that, you that's know, work <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, which it's good that you don't know that kind of thing up front, right? Sometimes it's uh -huh. best to go into something so naive. And then once you're there, you've got to do the work. Um, it's just been so much fun and getting on podcasts like yours. It's just amazing. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's that's where I am now with the book, just really promoting it and um, looking forward to January 9th. Yeah, I was about to say, I know you're so excited everything when it drops and be able to like, you know, see the response. And I'm sure you're not like looking at it from the standpoint of, you know, I want to like, sell x amount of copies you just want to be able to put it out there and see how people like soak it up and right. enjoy it and how it turns their life around so yeah. with that being said you know your work uh with the church and marketing the book or you know god uh, the artist and pottery and then still working how do you find balance between all of those tasks that is hard. <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> um, I've been reading a lot of books on boundaries um, and setting boundaries for myself. Um, but I think the beauty of it is every day looks different than the next and every uh, week looks different than the previous week. Um, and it's really just a juggling act. Um, of course, prioritizing God and his will above everything else. But then after that, it's really just a balance of what needs to get done first. What um, do I have time for in the moment? Um, using a lot of lunch breaks, pulling a lot of late nights. Um, mm -hmm. But just remembering, like, this is all fun for me. I'm enjoying every minute of it, um, whether I'm in the studio or doing computer work or, uh, you know, promoting on social media. Um, I love the variety, too. I think if I was just doing one thing, I'd get so mm -hmm. bored. And so the beauty of being able to make every day different is um, what makes what keeps me going. 
Yeah, I definitely I can sense that from you as being a creative. Um, so what's one thing about like just business and uh, your creativity being attached to the business that you necessarily don't like or didn't really realize was part of that process? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think promoting on social media is one of the things I didn't realize would be what it is, um, just with algorithms and then algorithms change and trying mm-hmm. to keep up with trending audio. And uh, it feels like it takes the fun out of what social media was supposed to be, um, mm-hmm. which, you know, is promoting a th- promoting your thing. Um, and now it's more about staying with the trends and what kind of hashtag is going to give me the numbers I need and why isn't my post being seen by my own following and mm-hmm. um, that I feel like it sucks a lot of time and joy out of uh, just marketing in general um, but that's also just knowing the nature of the beast and knowing that's where our culture is looking for most of our marketing um, you can't avoid it so I've mm-hmm. kind of you know, I've increased my social media because of that, um, but I don't necessarily enjoy it. There are times I do, um, you know, I'll get a good idea for a post or um, I participated in Inktober this past October. Um, mm-hmm. And for those who don't know, basically, um, it's pretty cool. It's a free thing anyone can do, but there's a prompt for every day of October and so the idea is to draw that prompt called Inktober. Um, but I kind of took a ceramic spin on it. And so I was um, drawing with glazes on tiles and firing them and really making my own spin. So that was really fun to kind of participate in something that's considered a trend um, in my own way. But for the most part, social media um, is becoming more and more dreaded as one of my mm-hmm. tasks. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely get that. I get like, I'm stubborn. So mm. I like to just create my own content and just put it out there and it just does what it does. I uh, hardly ever follow trends. Um, I stopped doing it a long time ago because I came to the conclusion that, you know, once you start following trends and that's how you build it, like your audience, you have to keep doing that. Um, yeah. As opposed to creating original content and then putting this, even if it's something that is inspired by something, you know, still put your own spin on it and then let people just gravitate towards it and just push it that way. Um, right. And that model has worked pretty well for me. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, doing that, whatever. So I'll have to see some needs of like, I created my own character and all that stuff. They have oh, pushed cool. various things. Yeah, not just the, plat- the, the podcast and platform that I have is one thing that I also have. Uh, a few other businesses as well. And I use the characters to push one of my hemp-based businesses called The Cook Shop, uh, where it's natural uh, hemp-based products. Mm-hmm. Um, only due to the fact that Facebook and Instagram both threatened me to, uh, at the time when they were split, um, for, you know, meta. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they threatened to shut my accounts down because they were associating hemp with just, you know, weed and marijuana and all that. Okay. I'm like, I see all this other stuff on social media that doesn't shouldn't mm-hmm. be there, but you want to threaten me as a company that is uh, natural products. Um, so I got it near everything, but <clears throat> I, I didn't like it. So that's how I adapted. Created a character. Now the character has been turned into his own brand and stuff. The people love the character, and it's just it's just hilarious now. And it's like one of my creative outlets that I have. So I love like original stuff. That's um, great. 
with your uh, your business, I imagine it, uh, the space you said is it like a co-op space that y'all all have together. Um, uh, yeah, um, it's more of a studio. Uh, so we don't necessarily have like gallery space where we sell out of the mm, um, space. Okay. So it's less of a co-op in that way. Um, and more of um, there's a head artist. Her name is Melissa Weiss, and she's pretty famous mm. in the ceramics world. Um, and she has her own space and then she rents out other spaces to um, the rest of us. And mm. so it's all different um all different types of ceramics. It's all pottery, um, mm. but that's the beauty of it. There's different styles um, and techniques. Mm. And um, some people are very much more like earthy mountain feel type pottery. Um, and then of course I do like more blue and white floral type things. Um, mm. There's some like sculptural people um, mm. who do beautiful wall sculptures. There's all different, all different firing methods and glazes and mm. colors and just walking through. It's really amazing. Um, we do have like a December studio um, sale that will open mm -hmm. up the space and guest mm -hmm. artists come in and it's just a really fun time. Um, but for the most part, uh, we're all pretty serious. Um, this mm -hmm. is, you know, this is our hustle or our side hustle. And mm -hmm. so when we get in there, you know, we'll, we are mm -hmm. able to have great community, but we're also there to work. So we, yep. we lock the doors, get stuff mm -hmm. done. Um all hours of the night, you'll find people in there. Um, and yeah. that's part of the beauty of it too. There's, there's always yeah. someone in there working. And so you can always um, bounce ideas off of somebody else. And um, the community is just really nice. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. I bet it's a nice uh, creative space for all y'all. Mm -hmm. Where it you is. ideas and like, you know, working on another collaboration and things of that nature. Um, was it that with the, Oh, okay. So I know that the, uh, your bio you have where your work is in galleries around the Carolinas and in Tennessee. Uh, how was that process like? You know, how did you get your work into like your first gallery and then how did you uh, grow it? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, it <laughs> my very first gallery, um, was in downtown Spartanburg, South Carolina, and they're still going strong. Um, I need to bring more things there actually now that I think about it. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> You know, it's always something you, you're like, oh, yeah, I need to do that. Um, but it's called the Kindred Spirits and it's right downtown. Um, and it's so, <laughs> so interesting how I find myself in situations. So basically, my high school German teacher decided to open up uh, the Kindred Spirits. Um, she mm -hmm. was a seamstress and a jeweler um, and she knew I did pottery and I was still in college at the time, I believe. And um, she asked me if I wanted to put some things in there and I said yes. Um, and it was a great first start. And from there, it really depends. Uh, some galleries like you to apply and fill out mm -hmm. paperwork, send pictures or take pieces in person. Um, and then sometimes it's word of mouth um, or a friend is in the gallery. And that's another good thing about having community space. Um, mm -hmm. When you can talk to other people and say like, oh, did this gallery work for you or this festival? How did it go for you? Mm -hmm. um, and so that's kind of how I've ended up in different places. Sometimes people reach out to me, um, which I love because that means I already know that my work will be well recepted there. Um, mm -hmm. So that's happened um a couple of times and it's just such a nice feeling um, because those are the people who are running their galleries well they know what their customers are looking for and so you're going in um with a fan base pre-built mm -hmm. for you um in a way 
and um delivering work there is always so much fun because they you know they're your fans Mm -hmm. they're cheering they're like thank you so much for bringing your work um Mm -hmm. and it it just depends on situations and there's some that i've tried and um each gallery is different so basically some of them you pay per month um Mm -hmm. you kind of rent a space and then others um, they take commissions, so they don't charge mm-hmm. you until your piece sells and some do both. Um, so that just mm-hmm. kind of depends on the setup. Um, but I'll, I'll usually try, try one. I have a hard time saying no, so I'll try it and I'll have an X number of months for myself. And if I'm not making money or not making enough by that amount of time, um, mm-hmm. then I'll pull out and try somewhere else because it's inventory, right? So you've got your mm-hmm. inventory all spread out. So if it's just mm-hmm. sitting somewhere that's not selling, uh, that those are pots that I don't have mm-hmm. to make. They're already created and I could be selling them somewhere else. Um, yeah. So it really just depends on the situation and every gallery is different and every gallery owner is different. And that's mm-hmm. part of the fun too. I don't have the same amount or the same type of pieces um, in every gallery. I have my same style, like I was talking about earlier, my same brand, mm-hmm. but um I'm even in like in downtown Asheville, I'm in um, the art museum gift shop. And so I have Mm -hmm. my fanciful like teapots and mugs and um, like the bigger ticket items there. Mm -hmm. And then um, just several blocks, several streets down, I'm in High Climate Tea Company, um, which is a Chinese traditional Chinese tea shop. And so I do Mm -hmm. a lot of custom work for them. I make the little... um, you know, the little sencha cups and different mm-hmm. types of um, tea pets, like little animal figurines and things. So mm-hmm. it's still all of my um, body of work. But depending on the customer, depending on mm-hmm. the shop or the tea culture, even I'm making different types of things for different galleries, um, which, again, keeps it interesting. It keeps me from getting bored making the same thing over and over. Yeah, which a uh, bit is very, you know, saying it, it helps scratch that uh, creative uh, you know, side of you. Um, mm-hmm. Have you gotten to the point to where you're now uh, having, I guess, uh, what, what would you call it, parentheses, or you know, is that a word? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, like like a print, a print, apprentices. Yeah, so yeah, apprentices. <laughs> yeah, where you know they're working uh, up on you, and you're showing them the ropes and teaching them like the business of art. Not yet. I can see that happening. Um, in the future with my church, I think we're really going to try to offer more um, ceramics type um, events mm-hmm. for them. And I think that could be really cool. I recently was awarded a grant and I was able to get a portable pottery wheel. So now I can mm-hmm. take my wheel places and do um, do events like that. And so mm-hmm. I could see, I love to help and I love to solve problems. So I could mm-hmm. see myself doing that down the line. Um, but for right now, with my business, it's just me, which is fine. Yeah. I like I like controlling things, so <laughs> I like having my hand in every part of it, um, uh-huh. except for the schlepping pots all around the. the yeah. stuff, you know, if someone wants to yeah. help me load my car, then sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Well, uh, Morgan, is there anything that you know I'm saying we didn't get to touch on that you want to touch on? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, you've been a great host. You've, you've covered just about all of it. Um, I would just say for any of the listeners out there, if you are in a visual art type medium, um, don't be afraid to take risks. Uh, some of the best experiences I've had, um, I read just enough of the 
the application mm -hmm. information to make a calculated risk. So I knew that I could fulfill or I knew the dates would work out. And I didn't think I was fully qualified, but I applied anyway. Um, and you never know who will say yes and what kind of experience that'll open up. Um, especially being young, a lot of people will take a chance on you just because you're young and ready to put in the work. Um, and so I would say, don't uh, let yourself hesitate in that way. Just take the risks and um, see what happens. And those risks might not feel like something major, you know, but um, there's been events that I've done that have led to other events. Just because I'm there, someone reached out to me. Um, so I would just give that word of encouragement. What's up? I love it. So everybody out there, y'all, if y'all want to go to Morgan's website, it is morganmccarver.com. It's M-C-C-A-R-V-R.com. Morgan McCarver. Uh, Morgan, thank you for your time. And I'd love to like have you back on and, you know, see where, you know, your story takes you good. You know, yeah. yeah. I would love that. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks for having me. This has been great. I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it. You know, that, that's what I'm supposed to do. You know, I'm supposed to be able to show that experience and, you know, you have a good time. So I, I think I did my job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's been awesome. <laughs>